we're going to talk about how we deal with difficult people. And I'm sure that it's everybody else but yourself, right? You know, yeah, right. Um, we're going to identify some successful strategies uh, when dealing with difficult people. And that may include things that we might need to change ourselves. Because we all are not perfect. We all have faults to work on. I want to kind of survey who I have here. Um, so how many of you are senior pastors? Any senior pastors? It's all right. We won't be upset with you. We love you. Okay. How many staff pastors? You're on staff. Okay. We've got a couple. Uh, how many are on the church pastoral staff? You're working administratively. Okay. How many of you are volunteers in the term of missionettes, uh, rangers, children's ministries? Okay. So, basically, you don't get fired, right? No. <laughs> you get to stay. Um, so, it's kind of an idea just to see who we have. But I'm so glad that you're here. You've taken part of your day um, to be here and to learn and to be energized and uh, motivated to go back and change something. Obviously, you signed up for this in hopes of you know, finding ways to deal with difficult people. Uh, I'm Sandy Gabbard. I've, uh, I've lived a lot of nine lives. When you get old, you do a lot of things, you know. So I've been, I've worked in child care centers. I've administrative child, or administrative child care centers. I've worked for senior pastors. Um, I know how they tick and what works and what they need and to help them be successful. I've also worked at, well, well, we called it the district office back in the day, but uh, I worked for Superintendent Crabtree. I've worked for Superintendent Clay after Brother Crabtree retired. And then uh, shortly before Brother Crabtree's retirement, my husband suddenly passed away. Uh, it was unexpected, um, but we'll move on with that. That's been 15 years ago. So I stayed on working, trying to figure out what to do with my life. I turned 50. Woo! <laughs> uh, and then uh, the income changed, you know. You're at one income, and the next day you're like, oh my goodness, I'm really, you know, that's a lot of money I've lost. But I'm trying to be funny about it, but it wasn't funny then. But those are things that just start going on in your head. So I stayed on working for three more years. My family was in Cincinnati, and I was trying to pray and ask the Lord what I should do. Long story short with that, I did move, uh, resigned. I sold my house in 30 days, and I did for sale by owner. I figured I need all my money and not the realtor. No offense if there's any realtors here. But um, I got full asking price. God was in it all the way. I moved back home in Cincinnati, and the Lord had started stirring me before that. And to move fast forward with that, I opened my own child care center. My heart's always been for children. I love children. Um, I like it when they leave at 6 o'clock, too. <laughs> and I started and opened up my own business. 
Now, I had been administrator before at a center. I knew what it was. It was, you know, we did it at our church. And, but to the business side of it and handling all of that, uh, that was pretty challenging. So I just went cold feet by faith, trusting in God, learning along the way. And that's been 11 years ago. And then three years ago, our church that I attend and had also administrated way back in the 70s, I told her I was old, um, they were struggling. So long sto- story with that one, uh, the Lord just kind of puts those thoughts in your head and says, why don't you talk to pastor and see if you can acquire that and just make it Treehouse Child Care Harrison and you lease the space from the church. I take all of pastor's headaches away and they just take my money. <laughs> so we had a good working relationship that worked together and that's been now over three years ago. So we have 173 children that were licensed for there. Uh, our other building at Colerain is um, smaller. We have 58 children there. We have 21 staff and uh, it's been a really great journey. Um, have I used tissue boxes? Absolutely. I've used tissue boxes. And I've learned a lot about dealing with people, different cultures, uh, with parents, different cultures, with staff, different cultures, um, and children, different cultures. Um, but it's really been a great thing, and I know now without a doubt that this is what God had planned for my journey. Um, it's just been unbelievable, the provision he's made, people that he's crossed our path with. I had a little boy that came in. Uh, he's now in second grade, and this happens all the time. And I just happened to be working late Thursday night at Colerain, and the little boy and his mom came in, and he's in second grade now. And they just come back, drop in, and see us. He drew a picture of a tree. You know, those of you that are school teachers, you know how that's like. And he drew a picture of a tree, and on the back of it, he said, tree house is fun. And he had an envelope in it and $2. He wanted to give me a present. That is just, that's what it's all about. You know, just having those memories that I touched that mother's life, we touched that child's life, and that's what we're here for. Even though we may have difficult people that we work with or we're trying to help in our churches, whether it's a staff, um, a paid staff, a volunteer staff. We all have different personalities, and we need to know that. And you need to know more about yourself and more about those who work with you. When you have, I, I think the greatest thing is knowing more who you are and surrounding yourself with people not like you, because sometimes people may not like me. But surrounding yourself with uh, different personalities and knowing how to work with those personalities. Now, you all know when you get married, or before you get married even, you just love each other. Everything's wonderful. You're just going out and talking and just never seem to have very many disagreements. But as soon as you sign that paper and as soon as you eat that cake and as soon as you walk out that reception door... Something's different, right? <laughs> oh, don't tell her. I think she's getting married over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, my granddaughter, yeah, 
my granddaughter uh, just got married. Uh, what was it? Been over a year ago now. And uh, so her and our and her mom, my daughter, we're just pouring in all kind of tips, you know, kind of help her. And um, so they're they're learning, you know, they're they're learning. We'll put it that way. Um, but you know, we have to tell her, you know, look, it's not everything your way, little Miss Page. You know, spoiled granddaughter. Uh, he has a say too. So both people have a voice. People want to be valued. You want me to hear you and what you're saying to me. And I feel the same. Uh, with one of my bosses I worked with, um, sometimes I would go in and for him, he was saying what it was getting out of his head. You know, boom, 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 boom. I'm writing. And, get, and the, sometimes I may not have understood exactly what he was saying. So I would repeat it back. You're wanting me to do this, or I'm hearing it this way. Is that correct? And then, you know, we'd work together. Now, it took us about three years to figure that out, you know. Um, So don't give up on your pastor that you're working for, (laughs) Um, and vice versa. You know, if you're mature enough, you kind of work together and start developing trust. And and, and that's a big thing. So in our brains, this is a good thing to write down. 60% are more negative emotional words in our brains. And only 32% positive words. So 62% are more negative and 32 positive. Now, I'm a very positive person. I'm optimistic. If there's, if someone says you can't get out that door with that big screen, I'm going to say I know it can do it. We can do it, you know. Uh, we go on vacation, and my husband said, that's not going to fit in the car. I'm like, yes, it is, you know. And we work together. Uh, but at any rate, um, if you're more pessimistic and another one's p- positive and optimistic, those two kind of clash, you know. Um, I, had the, I have the fortunate blessing to live with my father after I moved back home. My mom had passed away, and, um, and I say that a little bit sarcastically, humorously, but I live with my father. Uh, he's 88, and he came from the era of 1928, and I came from the 1952. Um, I'm very independent, and he's very independent. But when you're a grown woman, and you move back home with your father, this just something weird, you know? <laughs> You know, I'm dad. Hello, I'm not mom, you know, (laughs) and uh, but we've had to work with each other. You know, I it's weird when you move back home with your father. Now, maybe with your mom, it it might be okay, But with your father, it's a little different. I had to retrain him. (laughs) Dad. Make sure you wipe the crumbs off on the countertop, you know. Um, There's things my mom let him get by with. Um, But then there's things 
I'm not going to let him get by with. And uh, but we've had uh, we've had our ups and downs, and you know, and then he would think he can correct me, you know, or something like that. And Dad, I'm 64. Well, or I was 61, or I'm, you know, I'm out. You know, just leave me alone, please. You know. But uh, it's God's really used him to bless me, and he's not a Christian, and it's been a very interesting ride the last almost 11 years together with him. But uh, in our brains, there are two different systems, the negative and the positive stimuli. Uh, part of our brain uses it, our neurons, to detect negative experiences. And, and how many of you have negative experiences? If we've lived very long, we have. Hopefully, the positive outweigh the negative. But don't we always focus on that negative? If you're going for an um, evaluation and you, you know, the boss says, well, you this and that, I've done that, you know, myself. But there's this. this. And I'm like, who said that? You know, I want to know who told him that. but it's just those kinds of things. It's like, well, I don't think that's the way that seemed to me. But, you know, you have to take that and look at it and, and try to see if that is true. Uh, so the bad sto- news is stored in our memory a lot longer than the good positive things. Um, so this should help us in discovering how to deal with difficult people. And our brain, it's kind of like that Velcro the negative stuff just sticks to it, where the good things just slide off like Teflon. You know, some, that's a joke we use with the children. We like to kind of put Velcro on our wall and just hang them up there. We'll be back with you in a minute here. You need to settle down. Right, Anita? <laughs> uh, or maybe we won't be back at all and check you out. Um, but difficult people or situations calls for these things. No one can offend you without your permission. Nobody can offend you without your permission. How many times has that happened? Someone's offended us. Well, why? Well, I let, I let that happen. You know, I let myself be that Velcro instead of that Teflon where it would just slide off. You hold the pen. How many of you have a pen? ink pen, pencil, or whatever the case may be. You know, you hold the pen to write your story. You hold the pen to write your story of how you want to react. You're the author. And you can master techniques in working and dealing with other people. I call it that you need the combo pack. You know, we go pull up, what do you want? number four combo, number three combo, and then they're always changing it, and you thought it was three, but now it's four, and all that kind of stuff. So here's what you need in your combo pack. There's three things. You need tact. That's spelled T-A-C-T, tact. You need skill, and you need diplomacy to work with difficult people. How many of you heard before, well, that person doesn't have any tact. Now, that's my father. I'm always correcting him. 
I'm like, Dad, you shouldn't say that, you know. So I warn him when Christmas time comes and other family members come over and he thinks he needs to say something. You don't need to say that, Dad. So please, don't tell my sister anything about... Uh, I won't say anything. <laughs> You're looking very growing, you know. I'll use it that way. Or something to a, a, you know, a niece or a nephew. I'm like... Dad, just be jolly. How about it? I'll lock you in the bedroom, bring you out for 10 minutes, and put you back in, you know? (laughs) Um, So it's like tact. We need to be very tactful. Uh, We need to have skill, you know, skill how to work with people. Sometimes that's practicing with each other. You know, do a team uh, uh, skill builder, you know, on your staff one night or one person, you know, be an aggressive person and the other one be the difficult person. How, how are we going to solve these issues? Anything can happen in a moment. I've had some most interesting situations with the staff that I've worked with. One would be I had a teacher who, uh, when I acquired the other center, had been there eight years. I have no doubt she loved the children. No doubt. However, it was as long as they all were the perfect little Barney cookie cutter behaviors and <laughs> let's do the Barney dance, you know. But I had a little boy who did have some challenges. Now that little boy was uh, not real severe behavior problems, uh, but he had some mild disability problems. And we just can't have every child move out of our class, can we, Anita? We have to take them. We got to work with them. So he looked older. He was three, but he looked like he was probably four, four and a half. And he didn't have the functions to use the restroom on the number two side. And uh, so he had been with us for a, a few weeks and then some months. And she had it in her head. She just did not like that little boy. I mean, that's the best honest way I can say it she just it really bugged her and he bugged her and she was frustrated and and you could tell it now I've always told my staff there is no child you can't reach I mean we may not be able to help everybody because of the different behaviors or challenges they may have that are beyond our expertise but we're talking a (laughs) three-year-old you know that's pretty simple reach him do you know here how, here's some tools. You learn how he can regulate his behavior. You know, we'll give you the resources. If you see or show me that you're trying to reach him, then I'll work with you. I'll give you someone. You have seven children in your class. Surely you can have time to work with this child. And my heart always went out to him. So um, they had left the family. Uh, it's a single mother with four children. You know the scenario. They had left. She moved. And then next thing you know, a few months later, she moved back. So the teacher's like in high anxiety, blood pressure reaching to no end. Am I going to get that child back? Oh, no, I don't want that child back. She came in the office. Is, is he going to be back in my class? And I said, Yes but I believe you can reach him and work with him. 
Well, she already had that negative vibe going on. You know. Uh, you know, the body language, frustration. All right, I'll try. So then I think he might have been there a week, maybe less. And she came in my office this way. So let's say I'm sitting over here. This is my desk. So he comes in like this. I'm telling you right now, if you do not give me somebody to help with him, I'm just going to quit. I can't do this anymore. So I sat there. Um, I said, well, let me think about it. She said, okay, huffed her way back out. If I had every teacher come in here and tell me that, well, I'd have double the staff, <laughs> you know, of working with a child. Now, I tried to help her. I feel like I've done things, and, but I don't feel she was really giving it her all, in my own honest opinion. And so I pondered that all day. I didn't say nothing to nobody else. I'm calling my daughter who works with me she's an administrator at our center and I'm thinking about that and we're going back and forth I said well I can do one of two things I can do this I can do because sometimes when you make one decision it doesn't affect just that person it kind of affects some other things too and you have to look at the whole but I had to look at the child the child is my responsibility so I thought, well, if I felt she was a real life changer, I would have kept that investment in her. And then I went to bed that night and I'm praying, asking Lord direction. And uh, sometimes we have to do things. So I went in the next morning. A couple hours passed. They were out on the playground. And I sent another teacher out to have her come in so I could talk to her. And uh, so she came in. I'm standing there. And I said, Lori, I said, I've really considered what you said. You'd like to have another teacher in your class or you were going to resign. She goes, yes. She was firm about it. I said, well, I'll go ahead and take your resignation. So that's what happened. Uh, no hard feelings. I do not take it. To me, it's what's best for the overall. What's best for my church? What's best for my class? What's best for the youth? Do um, You have to look at it. What's best for the office staff? Um, so she did, and I told her that she could come back at six afterwards and pick up her things. She had purchased personal things for the classroom through the years and things like that. So she did and brought her husband back and I'm sitting there. Now I never know, no, never know what to expect in these situations because sometimes I've had it where it's been a little rough, you know, uh, in, in my other center, you know, where I've been threatened or, you know. But I look brave on the outside but inside I'm like, I hope they don't do what they told me they're going to do to me, <laughs> you know. Uh, so then I... Uh, um, I met him, very nice, you know, and, and she handled it very professionally. And we said goodbye, 
you know, things happen. And uh, shortly after that, uh, she had been experiencing some problems with her mother's health. And long story short, her mother passed away. Well, her daughter works for me, too, <laughs> at the other center. And, uh, but I did go to the viewing of, you know, her mom. And she was just, like, really surprised. You know, I'm not a really mean person at all. You know, uh, I have compassion. Uh, but I also am responsible for my businesses and things that we do and things like that. So, in talking about that, uh, I could have come back and been untactful and just yell right back, you know, and, you know, I could have been unskilled and not handle it right, and I could have been undiplomatic about it. Um, now, those are stories that I like to say that I did everything right. There's a few times I haven't. Because <laughs> um, other people's reactions aren't like maybe what you're thinking. When you're bringing somebody in, you're thinking it's going to go this way. Then it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Draw it back in. Come on, you know, draw it back in. And it depends on how they attack you. You know, if you're going to come in attacking me, I've got to, like, give me time to take a breath. But if you do it the right way, we can work something out. So it needs skill. What is skill? Anybody, what is skill to you? Get your phones out. Do your dictionary thing. Okay. Skill is the ability to do something well. A skill. The ability to do something well. Okay, maybe your technology. You're really good with Word, Excel, spreadsheets or nothing. You can whiz them out. Uh, you have a people skill. Some people are great with people skills. Um, some people are poor with people skills. That doesn't mean they're wrong. They just don't have that skill how to manage and work with people or say the right thing. And they're like, yeah, who do you want? The pastor? Yeah, well, he's out again. <laughs> we always like to do that, you know. But instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry, the pastor's out at the moment. He's handling another situation. Could I have your number? And then I'll be sure that he calls you back. You know, you've got to have the pastor's back. You know, or you have or your husband or your wife. All of this can work with wherever, you know. But you have to have the right skill. And be tactful. Diplomacy. Uh, or let me go back up. Tact. Tact is a keen, get that word, keen. It's a keen skill of handling difficult or delicate situations. A very keen skill. It's like you're a little bit more above that. I know when I worked for different pastors before, um, they were, you know, say, call Sandy. She can handle it. She can do it. She can get the job done. And I'm not saying that to brag about myself. You know, if I have a problem in the church and it's plumbing, I'm not going to call Joe, who can't even put the piping in, am I? No, I'm going to call the, the guy in the church that can be a good plumber. He's got that skill to do that. Um, we can't all be skilled at everything. But they have a keen skill to read people, a uh, keen skill to work with them, 
in handling delicate situations. We handle a lot of situations in our churches uh, or even in our classes. Children come and say things to us that are hmm, very, very interesting. <laughs> you know, what they come to tell you. And, uh, and you're, you're like, no, they didn't say that, did they? And the, another teacher, yeah, they, that's what they said, you know. Uh, we have a little girl that has Down syndrome. And sometimes, you know, it's really hard to understand her, but somehow the class all seems to understand something she says. And she's been with us for a very long time. And she'll come up to me and she'll just give me the what for, you know. And I'm like, what did she say? You know, <laughs> and uh, we support them. We go on the buddy walk with them and her family. But uh, she's kind of, we've taken her under our wings. Um, but there's delicate situations, even with children. They come and say things to you or they'll tell the parent. Uh, they'll tell on each other as soon as the parent comes in the door, you know. So it's just different things. One thing that happened to me this week uh, and, and it could be any day something could happen in the daycare. Any day. You can have a flood. Seriously. You know, we had rains. So we had a flood in the one center. Um, we could have a crisis with a child whose uncle got shot. Now, if you're in Cincinnati and you have a daycare center on Coleraine Avenue, there's shootings close to around Cincinnati. We had a shooting last summer quarter of a mile, if not even that, right on the street. Um, so it's very dangerous. But uh, mom, a mom come in and picked up her little girl and she said, Michaela won't be there tomorrow. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, she goes, we're going to a family funeral. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. And, uh, you know, so I gave her a hug and she says, well, it was my brother. She said, I don't know if you saw on the news that he got shot Monday. So I'm like, oh, I am so, so sorry, you know. And that happens pretty often to some of our children. And uh, we had another little boy last year whose father got shot. Um, so those are things that children, it's so hard. How come they have to see those things and know about those things? So in trying to be sensitive to parents, because something can be going on at the same time in, in a class, and it's like, I don't have time for sympathy. They're over here tearing everything apart. But people are more important than those things. So you have to kind of stop yourself. What's more important? This pile of stuff going on, uh, that flood, or the person that's coming in, when you're opening and the water's all over, but they're dealing with a life issue. You know, so you have to be sensitive to that. Diplomacy equals skill and tact. Diplomacy equals skill and tact. You must have the right, or let me back up, the gift for saying the right thing because you understand what the situation calls for. You know, to have the gift to say the right thing for what the situation calls for. You know, my daughter works for me. Um, she's 46. She is so, she's got that keen sense 
of situations. I'm kind of like, sometimes I want to be the hatchet person, you know. Oh, we're done with that. Let's get, move. come on, move on. We, we're done dealing with that, or we've given them opportunity. And then she, on the other hand, would be, well, mom, let's, one more time. Let me just work with them one more time. You know, let's make a little bit more investment. So, you know, we then go back and forth with that. But you have to have the keen sensibility to know if that person is teachable. Right, Pastor? Some people are not teachable. We can do nothing about that if they're not teachable. We try to work with them. If they're really difficult, you know, so write down what three people or situations are the most difficult for you. Three people could be a situation that's difficult that you have to deal with. Now, don't write down paying your electric bill. (laughs) That's not, you know, we don't want to go get another job and sell pizza. That'll help you. But write down three people or situations that are difficult. And as you're doing that, we're going to move on. Having communication skills is critical. Essential. Having good communication skills. Now, so many people are into Instagram, texting, things like that. I do not text my staff any negative comment ever I do not text my staff any negative comment if they text me something I I think about it now it's not like oh we're having chicken nuggets tomorrow I forgot to set them out you know well it's text George or Jennifer, she's the last teacher, have her set it out for you or something like that's pretty simple. But one time um, I had a situation where um, I had a teacher, I get a lot of state funding. So sometimes that state funding is delayed because of a holiday. If anybody's on social security, you know what I mean? Your Social Security gets delayed if the holiday's on that week or whatever. Um, So that funding gets delayed. So depending on all the other finances going on, I may have to ask the staff, wait till Saturday, you know, to cash your check. So we had a little bit of a, a, you know, and during the holidays, it was November and December, and there was some other things that were going on that never had happened before. And we were a little bit in a financial crunch. Nobody lost their paycheck. Everybody got paid. I was just asking them if they could wait a few days. And that's the first time that's ever happened. So I had a teacher text me. Instead of calling, um, do you know how long this is going to go on? Uh, I don't anticipate it to be a long term. Um, do I need to, and then text me back. Do I need to look for another job? Well, why didn't you ask me that today when I was there? Come in and talk to me, you know. So I, I, I'm debating on how I'm going to respond. And I said, we'll meet tomorrow and talk. And this was my niece. <laughs> I mean, can't you be a little bit kinder to me, you know? 
I'm your nanny. She's the one that's always called me nanny. You know, now all my grandkids do and the great grandkids. So, you know, I'm her nanny and she's like attacking me. But she was getting it from her side, from the husband. So you see, you have to, there's a lot of things to consider. And she's not able to be free to tell me that or talk to me because he's standing over her shoulder in the kitchen, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, no, it wasn't long term and no, it was just a short term thing. But at the same time, I don't want to be the one to cause any financial stress in a family. You know, you know how those marital arguments are. It's children, money, and that's one other thing. I won't mention it. But <laughs> but you have to have good communication skills. Number one, you have to be assertive. You have to be assertive. You can't shove it under the rug. You know, when you sweep the floor, you don't shove it under the rug. You get your dustpan and throw it away, right? Ladies, maybe. <laughs> you have to listen. You have to listen. Good communication skills or li- good listeners. And what about your body language? Crossing your legs, folding your arms, <laughs> you know, rolling your eyes. I've always told my kid, don't be rolling them eyes at me. Don't be rolling them eyes. That's a bad sign. That's a bad sign to get grounded. So, body language, that's very, very important. And then you need conflict management resolution. I use these techniques in the classrooms for little kids. You know, solve your problems, look, talk to each other, look at each other. So if we can do this as little children, we can do it as adults. We've got to put down our egos and our personal personalities and talk to each other. How you choose to react is critical. How you choose to react is critical. You have a choice. Just as you have a choice as to be offended, you don't have to be offended. You choose to be offended. But having a choice of how you react to a situation. You know, this happens all the times with marriages, and we know that. Um, So the key is when to confront destructive conflict. When do we confront destructive conflict? You know, has it been going on for a month, for a week? Has it kind of all been brewing in the church? You know, we had those things. You feel something stirring in the office. And I'm a person... If I go in and I don't feel something that's good, I'm just going to go in and say, what's going on? You know, because I don't like it. You have that yucky feeling, you know. And I don't like that yucky feeling. Who wants to work in a place like that? Do you? No, I don't. I want to have a good feeling when I come in. So when to confront destructive conflict? When, number one, it interferes with your goals and objectives of your organization. When it interferes with the goals and objectives of your organization, you know, your goal is your destination. You know, the church sets a goal. We want to build a building. You know, we want to develop 
a very strategic, strong leadership discipleship program this year. That's your goal. Okay? Your objective is how are we going to map that out along the way to get there? Okay, what are the steps we're going to take? And we've got to measure that. Measure those steps. Meet together again. You know, the goal's over there. How are we going to get to the goal? Another uh, reason or point when we need to confront destructive conflict is when it undermines the morale of the church, the office, the class. You know, if you've got several leaders in a class uh, or even your youth, you know, but it undermines the morale. And then when it interferes with other priorities, you know, you've, we've a short time to live on this earth. A very short time. Some of you are young. It's going to go by so fast, you're going to be signing up for Medicare before you know it. <laughs> I'm serious. This year I'm signing up for Medicare. Woo! I can't wait. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sign up for Medicare. It's unbelievable, you know. Uh, so I'm looking at another phase. And then uh, I realized, oh, my husband would have been retiring. Gosh, we could have been on trips. I probably could be quit working, you know. But I don't, I say that lightly and humorously, you know, because it is, because I didn't even realize it. Uh, last year, I even forgot our anniversary. How about that? That's when you know you're healed. You're over it, you know, uh, even though it's difficult sometimes. Um, so, you know, we've got to make sure it doesn't interfere with our other priorities, you know, in our church or our Sunday school class or wh whatever our goal is for that class. Handling conflict and processing your desired outcome is critical. Remember I said how... We think something's going to go one way. We could bring someone in and we've got in our mind how that's going to go. But we don't know what they're feeling on the other end. We haven't had them process what we want to say to them. Wisdom allows you to sit back and let them be heard. You know, this is what I'm seeing, Crystal. Okay, my daughter's Crystal. Um, and they're missionaries to Alaska, Paul and Crystal Burkhart, if anybody knows them. That's my daughter and son-in-law and my four lovely grandkids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see ya. Oh, that's probably on there. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, I forgot what I was going to say. Wisdom, yeah. Wisdom allows us to understand what you're going through and listening to you. Okay, now what you're saying may not be what I want to hear, you know, but I do need to value what you're thinking and how you're feeling because that could be true and that could be validated. You want to be validated for that. So I need to be a listener and understand. So our goal is you're feeling this way. You see it that way, you know, and we got to be careful about the emoting too. You know, like the lady that came in and really shooting out all that, emoting at me. Take, I'm going to quit. I'm this, you know, and that and that child. And, you know, she's just spewing out a lot of emoting there. I'm like, whoa. And I could have got up and just emoted back. 
you know, I'm human. I don't like that, but oh no, I've got to do the right thing. I'm the leader and I'm the administrator and things like that. I do it later when I get home. <laughs> so I got to practice. Um, so Crystal, I'm, you know, really sorry that you feel that way. What can we do to help you in this situation? Um, and you may say, tell Sarah in the children's ministry to quit taking all of my materials. <laughs> um, this is funny stuff. So what do you do at Byesville? Oh, pastor's wife. Oh, honey. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Bless her extra special. <laughs> yes. She's getting a lot of emoting on her all the time. <laughs> you know. Um, so what do you say? Children's? Okay, children's greeters, okay. So I'm sure you have some people that you like to be the best fantastic greeters and, you know, instead of, hey, welcome to Byesville. Here's your card, fill it out. Pastor will be talking, put it in the offering. Is that very welcoming? No. It'd be, hi, we're so glad to have you. Thank you, where are you from? Byesville. Good, and you're the pastor's wife? So glad to have you at my church today. Hope you enjoy the service, and here is a card. We just want to acknowledge your visit, and hope you enjoy it. You have children? Oh, what are their ages? 20 and 16. 20 and 16. Well, for the 20-year-old, are they married? Engaged. Well, we have to have happen the perfect engagement class that she goes to. Because <laughs> they're learning how to be wonderfully married. <laughs> you know. And your child. 16. We got the greatest youth pastor. Where is he in here? Who's the greatest youth pastor? Okay. Come on over here. Come on. Pastor. Come on, youth pastor. Come on, get up. Come on. She has a 16-year-old. Oh. What kind of good things do you have in your church that you can provide for her 16-year-old? Junior hires. Yay. Help me. Help me. Do you serve food? Yes. Pizza. Sometimes. All right, they'll, they'll come. All right. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Okay, so see, having the right, you know, thinking of those things, how we can be positive, you know, you're stressed, you're trying to find right workers, and our wonderful pastor at where, youth pastor? Brian's Assembly of God, okay, so we got you connected, okay, all right, make sure you go there every week, okay, I'll be checking on your attendance, okay. So we want to make sure that we're handling conflict and processing your desired outcome, that it comes out best even under the best circumstances. Okay? We don't want to lose people, right? We don't want to lose people, but sometimes we can't help it. It's okay. Let them go in a good way. You know, we're sorry we may not meet your needs, but feel free to come back. Now, if there's things that they've done wrong, if a teacher has broken our, one of our regulations, uh, cell phone, oh, the most evil things. 
The most evil thing, cell phones. No cell phones in the classroom. Rule, put your cell phone in the cabinet. I don't want to see your cell phone out. Oh, you got caught. <laughs> no. So, you know, you're here, you're paid. You take care of children. Not to check your cell phone. And I, you know, they want to set it out. They put on, oh, it's, it's on vibrate. It's not, you know. It's under these papers, my daily reports. I want your cell phone, remember? In the cabinet, in your purse. Not in your pocket. Not hanging out your pocket. Am I making it clear? They were, I want your cell phone. Yes, put it away. If you have an emergency, do it like the old days. Call the place where you work, you know? <laughs> um, that's what we had to do. So cell phones, very, very bad distraction. Um, so handling conflict. And pastor, if you're having a meeting in your office, please put the cell phone away. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But, you know, it can be a distraction if you're trying to talk to someone and that's there. And you're at a maybe sensitive moment with a teen. And if it's her teen, you know, she's going to want to make sure you are taking care of her teen, listening to her teen, and you're not on the cell phone. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, we'll get together that football game after school. Well, you know, but you could be having a very serious moment and trying to reach a teen or a problem they could have, and you want to make sure there are no distractions, you know, for that. Um, when I'm dealing with a staff person, my door's shut. Um, I'm focused on them. Now, I don't have to worry about it because, you know, we're all females, but you got to use wisdom if you're in a male-female situation. You want to use wisdom and guard your life and all those kinds of things to do it the right way. Um, resolving conflict, both parties are involved in the resolution. Both parties are involved in the resolution. It's not just you. It's not just you, but it's them too. Involved in coming to a resolution. Uh, and that's under those communication skills. Sometimes we might need an unbiased party. You know, uh, maybe it could be a board member come in. Or if you're in a family, don't bring another family member in. Or you're all going to have family feud, you know. Um, but bring somebody else in that may have a, a different uh, unbiased perspective. Now, if I meet with someone... Another teacher, I usually have Lisa come in and we'll meet together. Now, yes, it's mother, daughter. Yes, she works at one center, I'm at the other. Uh, but they all know not to forget, I'm the one that writes the checks. I don't say that in a, you know, bold way or, you know, I'm trying to be humble about it, but that's the way it is. But uh, I want things done a certain way. And that's what makes me happy. <laughs> I sure do have a seminar on how to work with a difficult boss, you know. Uh, oh, I'm really nice. I mean, I get them Starbucks. I get them lunch. They're spoiled. I mean, come on. Um, but, um, you know, you might need another opinion come in. And Lisa and I work so well together that she's not going to influence me and I'm not going to influence her in the sense that, well, we can do whatever we want because we own this. I don't look at it. This is people. So it's not, you know, um, me being able to react how I want. You have to look at the person. This is still someone that I value, I care about. 
but when they come in in a way that they're not wanting to change or work together, then that's, you know, different. You know, some things are like that. How do you handle conflict? How do you handle conflict? Ignore it? Do you call a meeting? Have them come in? Talk about it? Yeah. Um, some people are confronters, and some are... Who said that? What did you say? Avoiders. Avoiders, yes. Some are avoiders. You know, we even do that in our marriages. Husbands and wives. Some can be confronters, and the other one's an avoider. And I've told my girls... You better stand up for yourself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, there's a because I have a daughter who's very uh, phlegmatic. But these are some books that's really helped me through the years. Um, we have all of our staff read the Personality Plus. How many has done personality test? Yeah, they're just wonderful. I love them. I'm like, look, gosh, look how great I am. See how pos- positive I am? I'm like, oh, I'm animated, I'm fun, I'm not, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not disciplined. Ooh, you know, and I'm not, ooh. And, you know, and I did one for our Sunday school class with our married couples because there is a personality plus for couples. This is very interesting. Um, so if you have two, a uh, couple, and both of them are, um, Sanguines, am I throwing out strange foreign tongue languages? Sanguines, extroverted, outgoing, fun-loving, wants to be in the party and, you know, that kind of thing. But they're the worst financial managers. Sorry if you're a sanguine. And, and you may be a good financial manager, but uh, you don't, pastor, you don't want to hire a sanguine to be your financial manager. <laughs> they don't do money well because they want to be out in the office having a party and getting cupcakes to everybody, you know, and then you'll be like, what's our budget? And that budget? What budget? You know, <laughs> oh, I haven't forgot. We haven't counted the offering yet. We're sorry. You know, we'll get back with you. Um, and there's nothing wrong with cupcakes in the office, you know. Um, so how do you handle conflict? Ignore it, avoid it, forget it. Or do you work to improve the relationship? You know, I'm very relationship-oriented. That's part of the sanguine. I want to know, and I can tell when I walk in, if people are happy or if there's something wrong. I mean, we're not all happy all the time, are we? No. You know, who wants to get up every time and get out of bed and go to work or whatever? I get that. Because um, I told them, as long as I come in and you're looking at me, i got to look at you too. <laughs> and they laugh about that, you know. But, or we can do this in the relationship you know in the relationship so how do you solve that okay we got a few more things to do number three you need to improve your listening skills okay let's have eye contact when someone's talking to you in the office they come and talk to you in the hallway or depends on what it is sometimes you need to go you know, talk in a private area, or if you're a youth pastor, hey, I'll meet you at Starbucks, you know, or wherever a coffee place is, depending on the situation where it needs to be more private or just 
you know, hey, I'm having problems with my homework. Can you help me out with this algebra, algebra, and whatever else that stuff is, you know? Um, but have eye contact. Nodding your head. I, yes, you know, you're telling me. I'm, mm-hmm, okay. That means you're acknowledging her. You're not just sitting there. Okay, I've got my next, you know, my next golf round. No, <laughs> you know, but you're acknowledging. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you. Um, identify who will have the decision and authority. Okay, so you have to identify who's going to have the decision and the authority in that situation. Stop. Okay, uh, we'll go real quick. Uh, you need a deflect negative discharge. Okay, deflect negative discharge. Just like the teacher that came in, she moved, and I just sat there and, okay, let me think about that. You know, I'll get back with you. Number four, write down, oh, we did that. Okay, got over that. The three people that you find it difficult to communicate with. Okay, write down how you respond to their behaviors. How do you respond to that person's behavior? They're coming in the church door. There you go. I do not want to talk to her today. You know, <laughs> I got too much to deal with. I can't handle her. You know, pastor's like, oh, I got to get this sermon. I'm, I'm staying on a good Jesus moment. I don't want to see anybody. Right, pastor? I know what you mean. Yes, yeah, shut the door. Do not disturb unless emergency. <laughs> um, got get down that Jesus lane. Be happy. Right? Uh, so write down how do you respond to this. Avoid. Do you address it? Do you try to explain it? And identify one behavior that you can modify. What behavior in yourself can you modify to make a difference in that person? What behavior, you know, that you can modify? You know, they may do this that bugs you, may do that. They don't lock the Sunday school door. They don't, you know, something, whatever it may be. Learn about yourself, as I said, and personality styles. Where would all my books go? I... Oh, there. Okay. These are good. Personality Plus for couples. Personality Plus. Personality Plus in the workplace. This is what I read. Conflict Resolution for Dummies. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's so simple. It's point. You've got situations. And it's very, very easy. And then if you have employees, you really need to read this book. Okay, that's what it's called. If you have employees, you really need to read this book. <laughs> As I said, what it's called is, if you have employees, you really need to read this book. Uh, and you could Google those, you know, and order them and do that as part of your staff training. There's all kind of fun things to do with that. Okay, now learn your strengths and your weaknesses and theirs. I have had the privilege to have pastors invest in me and work with me and not give up on me. We butted heads before. I went in and I have a strong personality, but I, I have a nice one too, you know. But, <laughs> uh, you know, because I just, I see things one way. They see things a different way. 
and we've got to learn to work together. But my pastors have seen my heart and what my heart wants, what, what was trying to accomplish, not just doing this or doing that or anything. Because I'm kind of a make-it-happen person. We need chairs in a sanctuary. Okay, tomorrow, let's just get these pews out of here, get some men in the church, tear them all down, tear up the carpet, and, you know, right? Yeah. Well, somebody liked those pews. <laughs> you know, how that goes. So anyway, the last thing, prepare to react. Conflict management strategy. Prepare to react. You have a choice how to react. What's the cost of negative behavior? Productivity, confidence, lack of enjoyment. It takes your time. It's time sucker. All your negative energy goes to that problem. But what's the benefits if you take action and, and good action? You have a happy work environment. You're more productive. You're team players. And you're a model. Identify the problem. Have a resolution. Make the changes that's needed. Develop an action plan and follow up. Coffee, phone, meeting, something like that with them. And as we said, no one can offend you without your permission. And I want to say a scripture that has been my life from the very beginning. When I prayed years ago, I was a Christian at 22. My husband was not. And I would pray for him, and the kids would pray for him when they were little. Every Sunday school time, every rainbow evening time, you know, pray for my daddy to get saved. Pray for my daddy to get saved. Five years later, he got saved. He gave his heart to the Lord and served the Lord. But a woman in the church, and don't underestimate these little old sweet ladies, you know, because I'm one. <laughs> she came to me one night at Sunday night altar and said, Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you do not give up. And I held on to that scripture and prayed for my husband. And I just thank God for what he's done. So don't give up on people. Try to help them and work with who you have and retain them as best as as it is up to you. Okay? God bless you. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it.